Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Um, this is my ninth season now. Um, hopefully, get um, another year, maybe get ten, get my testimonial. Hopefully. Welcome to Rule the Roost podcast. I'm your host, Tatrunk. Um, I'm joined this week, as ever, by Mr. Seb Stafford-Bloor, the Premier League owl. See? I mixed it up, Seb. You, you did me first. first. I did. How oh, you doing, mate? I'm doing great, mate. It's a great start to the podcast. Love that. Nice. I'm doing good. I'm, um, I'm looking forward to the weekend. You are? Yeah, I am. Yeah, I am. I feel good about it. I, I, although I always do, I think. So, I don't, I'm not sure that's a barometer of anything, but I, I do feel strangely confident after the weekend and um yeah and uh we're also joined by i'm i'm hoping a similarly 
confident, Mr. Raj Baines. How are you feeling now being relegated to third along the line, Raj, this week? Deeply uncomfortable, if I'm being honest with you. I don't like it whatsoever. You don't? Um, Seb should know his place, which is directly <laughs> behind me, to be honest. Um, I don't like this whatsoever. In our daisy chain of podcasting. Um, that sounds a bit wrong, doesn't it? Um, that's a terrible start. That's, yeah. That's, oh, well. Is a daisy chain one of those things that I'm going to look up on Urban Dictionary and wish I hadn't? Well, I'm, I, I just meant it in a fairly innocent sense, but, you know. It's one of those things that your hard drive will never, ever get that you've looked at. Probably leave Pandora's box closed, but... Kind of like back in the day, this this is probably... Uh, yeah, this is way before Raj's time. I'm sure you will remember the, the old jokey website lemonparty.org were you said or was your uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, everyone remembers um, sadly sadly old enough for that yeah yeah exactly what was lemon party yeah lemon party everyone remembers it it was uh yeah it was a joy a joy to behold but uh let's uh let's we'll move away from that one and uh go on to this weekend that seb is so looking forward to um, well, we're not going to go straight into the weekend. This pod's kicking off awfully. Um, it is a big weekend, though. We have a massive game. Um, and I'm assuming that's what you're looking forward to, Seb, that you're not just going out for, like, you know, a nice meal or something like that. You are, you are in fact, looking forward to the North London derby. You know, I, I, I look forward to it in a really strange way. I, I, I mean, the, the actual experience of watching a derby, I, I much prefer being in the stadium during derby day because... You don't get when you watch on TV. You you get that weird tension sickness thing going on that kind of whether you win, lose, or draw sort of ruins the rest of your day because you're left absolutely exhausted by the end of it. Um, but yeah, no, it's 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 great. It's my favourite fixture of the year, especially at um, obviously at Wild Lane. I, I, I'm always a little bit more fearful when we go there, but um, yeah, I can't wait. Love it. Love it. My son. That's, that's what you've you, you got to drop in with afterwards, Seb. Yeah. No. Mate, I'll, I'll, t- I'll teach you to be a geezer. Yeah, mate. All right. no, you, you, it's going to take more than, you know, a couple of seasons. You know, you know, you know, you know the level I'm coming from, so it's quite a big conversion. I can say, mate, with my hardened South West London upbringing, <laughs> I, can, I can get you there, yeah. Okay, um, let's say, uh, before that, I, I, I think this is going to be a topic pretty close to Mr. Raji Baines's heart, most of all. Um, and it is it is something I just, I don't know, I think we need to get out of the way. Mr. Aaron Lennon, are we, are we pouring out a little liquor, Raj, to, to Mr. Aaron Lennon? Most definitely. I'm, I'm quite gutted. He's, um, he's gone. The pictures of him in the Everton shirt are just very hard to take. They're quite strange in a way. Um, it's kind of hit me a bit harder than I expected it to. It's, it's even, you know, you see pictures of like Sandro posing with his QPR kit and whatnot, and it, uh, it seems a bit strange. But then when you kind of retrace your steps with Aaron Lennon and, and go back through the 10 years pretty much that he's been at the club, it's um, a very strange sight. I mean, I mean, I dug out that, that bit of footage that I tweeted from the Statman account of him saying that he's he's in his ninth season with the club and that he'd like oh, to it's horrible. he'd like it's to horrible. he'd like to get his testimonial. Um and it was just sort of heartbreaking at the time because he, he clearly has an affinity for the club. There's this strange notion that because he's a bit shy he's he's not really a, a press monkey, he doesn't enjoy speaking to people as much, he keeps himself to himself as much as possible. Um, there's this strange notion that he's not very nice, or he's, you know, or or he's, you know, he he doesn't care, which I don't think is the case whatsoever. He, he's never looked like a person that doesn't care. He just 
isn't somebody that articulates himself particularly well. I don't believe. Um, I've I've had a couple of, of run-ins with him. I say, well, I say run-ins, but there's nothing negative from him. I mean, I've seen him about Leeds a couple of times, and if you're polite enough to just kind of knowingly nod your head to him, give him a handshake, say hello, and and wish him the best, he'll do the same to you. And um, he'll have no issue with that. It's it's just a matter of knowing the boundaries, knowing who he's speaking to. He's he's not a really outgoing person. He's not really comfortable with the the whole notion of footballers being celebrity. And and some people are a bit are a bit too rough and ready with that idea that they, they sort of they want their footballers to be singing and dancing all hours of the day and and sort of dance to their tune. But he's not he's not like that really. He's um he's a bit quieter than that. So. I, I am disappointed to see him go. I mean, we we also tweeted out the you know the goal against Chelsea in the two one when we beat him after God knows how many years against Mourinho when when Yo was in charge the the four all in one of Redknapp's first games the the assist and the run in Milan in the San Siro the winner um, a couple of seasons ago under AVB against Arsenal at home in the two one as well when Bale scored he's he's done a few. A few good things in our shirt. I mean, that that nine-one where we beat Wigan was largely down to him, just absolutely tearing through Wigan time after time. And he may not be the the same player he was at his very best anymore, but the fact that he he still tries, he's still got something to offer. I I I was clinging on to and hoping that perhaps he might be able to get over that ten-year line. He might be able to be one of our you know longest representatives, but it um it doesn't look to be the case now. Sadly, if there is that option to buy for Everton and he does go there and impress, which is largely down to how Martinez chooses to use him and, and chooses to treat him, then it could be you know a tiny bit too short, literally uh, a nose nose away from that. So I'm I very much am gutted. He's um, I'm I'm always unhappy to see a local lad who goes to play for Tottenham leave. I mean, we joked about Carl Norton and Michael Dawson even to an extent leaving, but you know, they were they were good Yorkshire lads and they're not at the club anymore. So it's um it's always a sad sad one for me. I mean do you two feel the same? Is he somebody that you both were were hoping was gonna stay at the club for perhaps a little bit longer? Well I think it's it's disappointing because, you know, in his early days and well, even not even so much in his early days, in the middle of his tenure, he was, you know, he was an electric player for us. He was he's always been limited, and I think we've always seen that to him. But he still had that that ability to really terrify other teams. And like you were saying, like with the Wigan game, just really go at them and I don't know, just just disrupt stuff and free up space for other players. But it just seemed that over time that you know he he, he went. In, into physical decline, but not only that, it's it's almost like he he seemed to lose a certain bit of desire, and whether that's because he, you know, he didn't have any real competition there, or he kind of, you know, like you say, maybe didn't really go for that whole footballer thing, you know, like the lifestyle and the this and the that, that maybe that didn't spur him on um, or whatever. But there, there was a marked decline in his progress, um, and I don't think he was ever going to be, you know, we've. We, you know, have said before in the past that there was a lot of hyperbole around a lot of these young players, and you know, there was at one point when he first got called up into the England team. Uh, you know, people were were genuinely. I think it was actually Graham Taylor, so you can take it with a pinch of salt. But Graham Taylor actually like predicted that he could one day be on the same level as Cristiano Ronaldo. You know, so there was there was a lot of hype and there was a lot of excitement around Darren Lennon, but 
he just never really fulfilled it. And I, I think it's partly down to the fact that he was, like I say, a limited player. But I don't know. It, it feels like there was something more to it. Um, I, I don't know how you feel about it, Seth, but... I, um, I, what I, I, the, the, the criticisms of him are all valid and we all know what they are. But I, he's one of those guys that he went through periods of sort of six to ten games where... He'd be brilliant every season, and and I, his um his arrival at Tottenham kind of coincided with my first season ticket, so I kind of have a, a special affinity for him because during that time he was comfortably our most effective player when Lennon was on, and when you know you get to the touchline, square a full back up, and take him on down the line, he was one of the most watchable players I've ever seen live, um and he was great. I just my my thought has always been with him that he. The longer a player stays in the league, and the longer the player, the longer a player relies on one trait. Because Lennon, Lennon wasn't really someone with a lot of tricks or you know a lot of different tendencies. He kind of relied on his. He had a very good touch, and you know his, his close control was excellent. But he generally relied a little bit on his explosiveness and his pace. And over time, opposing managers worked out how to negate that. And like you say, Jack, you know, combine that with his physical decline because clearly there is a you know a, a stride to a pace which has gone from his game. I think you're going to have quite a blunt player eventually if if that you know falls off to get said about his defensive flight rate and how um, he is in his own half and without the ball, which is all true. But that's not really what you want from him. So it's not kind of really good enough to say, well, yeah, he's got to stay and and you know we're we're going to have this sort of you know, really negative winger from now on. I think. You know, he's, he's actually um, he's the last member of the, the, the team that beat AC Milan um, in San Siro to, to leave the club. There are no more left now. Um, oh, that's horrible. And anyone, yeah, it is. It, I looked down that team sheet today and it's just a, a lot of players. Um, and he's the last. And, and it is sad to see him go. And people forget, because Gareth Bale developed into what he was, he kind of stole Lennon's thunder. Because Bale was a better player, obviously. But prior to Bale, Lennon was the guy that you know, when you got to the ground or, you know, when the team sheet flashed up on, on your TV, if you're watching at home, he was the name you looked for because he was the, he was the, the game-breaking player. And, and you know, he, he, despite all the faults, he, he rushed touching it, but he left a lot of good memories. I mean, we should probably move on because we've got quite a lot to talk about today. But one thing I did want to brush on with this as well, um, do we see this as being a kind of, of sweetener or probably some prearranged thing for Morales because to me it still seems quite strange that we would strengthen what is essentially a direct rival of ours mm. I mean obviously this is all kind of conjecture but I mean do, do you find the decision odd to let him go to Everton of all teams considering that we turned away West Ham's approaches for Kabul and Adebayor by all reports no I think the West Ham one's a completely different situation in all honesty um, and I completely agree with the West Ham ones as well. To be honest, um, if th- yeah, their, their decision, it was you know, it was left with them quite clearly that you know you you pay for the players and you give them the wages, and if you want to be able to do that, then you can have them. Um, if that's not the case, we're not going to be able to subsidise you having them. Um, whereas I, I believe Everton will be paying Lennon's wages. There won't be any subsidy there. There is a an option then for them to buy him, uh, whether or not there's. There's any sort of deal for Morales is you know it's guesswork. Um, he's he's probably he's he's much younger than Lennon, a, a few years I believe. You think he's twenty three, twenty four. 
We've obviously got a Belgian network within our squad already, so he's he's going to be comfortable settling in there. Um, it'd be a good squad addition. I don't think he's the greatest player in the world. He probably think the the boy himself probably thinks he's a bit better than he actually is, um, and there might be a bit of an attitude problem there with him, especially with that that very odd penalty decision he made the other day by himself, um, which made him look a complete and utter tit. So um, you know, it's um, it's it's. It's not the, the greatest transfer in the world if it happens, but I'm not going to turn it down either. It's it's probably about our level, to be honest. Yeah, right. Well, let's let's we'll move away from tabloid conjecture and uh, go on to the actual deals that did happen. So we signed Harry Kane. The the lad probably deserves a new deal given what he's been putting out for us. I think it's it's alleged to be about 35k a week, which feels about right um, at this point in time. Um, Fight a new five-year deal as well, so you know, good piece of business. I think everyone's happy with that. Um, and Delhi Ali, this is uh, the one we got on the, uh, the last day. Five million pounds, five and a half-year con- contract. But we have loaned him back to the MK Dons. Um, I, I can't say I know an awful lot about the lad, but it just sounds like he's held in the same regard as John Bostock once was. Ooh, dangerous territory. <laughs> You should have gone onto YouTube, Jack, and like, then gone That's on to true. school, and That's then and then done a, like a three thousand word think piece on his um, <laughs> on his potential. That's kind of the uh, that's the fashion now. But is is he good? Have either of you guys like given him much attention previously? I've covered him by chance a couple of times at work um, when I've been doing MK Don's matches, and he is somebody that they often look for. He's a lot bigger and a lot more rough and ready than perhaps you'd um, you'd get the impression of having just looked at him because he looks like a boy. Um, he's about six foot two, six foot three, I think, um, just judging from how big he is. Um, and, he, you know, he can put himself about. He needs to probably put a little bit of weight and muscle on um, if he's really going to impose himself in the big leagues. But he's um, described quite lazily as box-to-box, but he's he's very athletic. He's good at... He's, he's the most likely player in our squad that you can compare him to is probably Ryan Mason. He does a similar job to him for MK Dons, and he's perhaps a little more um, incisive when it comes to the final third because we've seen Ryan Mason have a few chances and miss a few. But he's um, he's decent. I mean, he's he's got a lot of lot of potential, a lot of rough edges to smooth out. But he's um, he's not a bad sign. It's quite an awful lot of money, though. But this is, by all accounts, a Paul Mitchell signing as well. Baldini didn't didn't push this one through, and this is one that Paul Mitchell said straight away. We need this lad, so let's let's hope and see uh, if it comes good. Um, Sheffield United, Sheffield, Sheffield United, so nearly nearly fucked that one up, didn't we? In typical Tottenham style, um, we got to be delighted that we're going to the final. Obviously, even if we probably are going to get spanked by Chelsea in front of the nation. But uh, what 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 did you take from the game, Seb? Were you were you surprised really by how uh, I don't want to use the word Spursy, but how Spursy we were in that one? Uh, well, when um, when Sheffield United equalised, I was in the process of tweeting something about how professional we've been and how this was breaking a trend of you know fucking things up from you know taking um taking snatching defeat from the jaws of victory, and then it all sort of went slightly spursy towards the end but it's still kind of a relevant point though because having had that happen and after they scored their second there was that period of about two or three minutes when you just thought we're going out of this 
because they came pouring forward and the crowd was up for it and they had that one chance which um whether it was half volley just over the bar and you just you, you could kind of there was just this horrible deja vu to that um but there was a a, a refocusing and there was a, just a composure and a coldness with which we just thought we took the opportunity it was there went out there on the pitch and put them out and it was it it was um yeah they're only one side so it's um it's not overly cool to 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 laugh at their misery but it was satisfyingly unkind and it was it wasn't the kind of moment you necessarily associate with us so I, there, was a, there was a huge positive there and um you know I thought I I look at that sort of that that ten minutes is just a little bit of a blip because that game as a whole it was we were completely in control of it and um our possession play was excellent our defending was generally very good far improved from the first leg. Um, and I thought tactically spot on. I mean, we knew that they were going to have to chase a, a lead at some point, and you know we did a really good job of getting in the lead and then just sitting there, allowing us, allowing them to come onto us a little bit, but just but but having possession in a in a composed way in a you know a, a, not the biggest ground in the world, but relatively intimidating in bad conditions and on a bad pitch. It was um, yeah, it was fortuitous, but it was it was also it's Wembley and. Yeah, there, there was. Um, yeah, we deserved it as well. It's just it, it, it exemplified for me like how quickly your perspective in football can change. That pretty much any time you see a smaller club take on a Premier League team, unless it's someone just you know repulsive like Millwall or Leeds or something like that, you always want the smaller team to win. But just when it's against us, when it was against Spurs and they were doing that, it was just like oh fuck off like you know there was there wasn't even a part of me that was thinking like oh well it'll be nice for them I was thinking like just no No, no, no. just get back in your box just fuck off you know don't do this to us no I'm one of those people you know that scene in Goodfellas where Henry Hill is talking about Jimmy Conway and how he roots to the bad guy in films (laughs) that's me in FA Cup and and League Cup competitions I want the underdog to get beaten (laughs) I, I, I don't know why that is, but I like I like it when a Premier League club goes to goes to a little ground where they you know they've got five thousand people more than they do on any other Saturday, and they've all bought the kit and they get fucked five 0 I love it. <laughs> do you pull the legs off the of spiders as well, Sam? Yeah, absolutely, mate. Ladybirds, spiders, daddy long legs, the whole lot, all whole of them. Yards. All yeah. of them. They all get the uh, they all get the raid sprayed yeah. all over them. That's it. <laughs> um, we then moving to the Premier League. Played West Brom, a game that none of us were particularly optimistic about. Actually, I think you were, weren't you, Seb? I think you were pretty... No, no, I was... I was, I was, I was no, we were, we were all pretty grim about it, but it's a pretty decent result. Oh, that. I think it flattered us a bit, the scoreline, I'm brutally honest, but I'll take it. Pretty happy with that. 3-0 away. Raj, you still there, mate? Yeah, yeah, it was good. Um... He's there. Uh, <laughs> uh, that, that was like one of my match reports, mate. No, um, what I was going to say is the difference between that game and the other was the fact that Harry Kane was actually making his um, making his decisions correctly again. Uh, it was a bit of an odd performance from him away at Sheffield United. He had um, he had a ton of chances and the the fair fair load of them that he could have and should have perhaps played in somebody else who was in a much better position than he was, and perhaps it was a, a slight bit of him believing his own hype for one game and one game only. But he um, he fucked up a fair few chances on that evening. Um, which was the reason that Sheffield United had any way of getting back into it because we could have been well out of sight had he um, had he had he put his head up at some points because um, he shot more often than not and they were they were going wayward as well but um, he, he he redeemed himself with that pass through to Ericsson at the end but 
the uh, the performance against West West Brom, I almost said West Ham then, but the performance against West Brom was again the the uh, yeah the 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 opposite of that. He um he picked his times well. He he was playing the ball a lot better. His interplay was much improved, and that was um that was the main reason we won that. I mean, Eriksson just swung in another beauty, and he's um he's on some run now. Yeah, he is. Um, he's. He's, he's yeah, he's quality, isn't he? We've got to hope he can uh, pull a decent performance out of the bag this weekend because we do. It's it's the big one. It's the main event. Fuck the cup final for now. It doesn't matter. This is our cup final, as they will say, Ooh. but it's theirs as well. So fuck them. We are going to be playing the smelly, smelly Arsenal, and uh, yeah, we're going to talk to some of them now. Unfortunately. Right, so welcome back to the show. We have Mr. Gene Oliver. Hello, Gene. How you doing, mate? Hello, I'm fine. Very good, thank you. I'm not sure I'm allowed to call you, mate, today. Of all times, <laughs> but yeah, uh, banter. Um, and we have Oliver, or you may know him as Absolute Disgrace, but we're going to call him Ollie for this podcast. Evening. How are you doing? Yeah, good, mate. How, how are you doing? Yeah, not bad at all. Not bad. Yeah, you still nerves now kicked in. To be yeah. honest, I, I, I'd not really thought about the the weekend until until what, about thirty seconds ago. You've just been <laughs> basking in the glory of uh, winning at Manchester City. Yeah, the, the hangover's still kicking from that one. To be honest, it was. Oi, oi. It was a... <laughs> lads, that's it. That's it. Um, this is wow. This is come on, lads. Come on, let's get, let's, let's pet this up. This is feeling. Extraordinarily subdued. I don't think anyone you wants know, to get that. Jack, before you start, can I ask Ollie something? Go on, go for it, mate. Um, you were on Arsenal fan TV. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I, I, I saw that, and I, 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 what is? Um, did you get to meet any of the like the um, the the? <laughs> you can't see me doing air quotes, but uh, characters <laughs> that appear on there. No, no. Um... You may be tell I'm going a little bit sheepish here. Um, you may be able to tell from the, the video if, if you've uh, seen that one that I'm, I'm a little bit drunk. Um, and just just yeah. for anyone listening, um, Ollie's the guy that he kind of he dresses in all the merchandise, drinks yeah, the water bottle. <laughs> the water bottle. Yeah. No, that's that, that's tight. No, I can't can't live up to his uh, legendary status. Um, no, it was me and my mate. We we sort of came out the the ground and and. The guy was stood right there with nobody else with him, and we just sort of, you know, were chatting to him. And he said, "Oh, do you fancy coming on?" And my mate goes, "Yeah, all right then." And because I was drunk, it seemed like a quite a fun idea. Um, if you yeah, were sober, would you um would you, would you have ever gone on? Because everyone that absolutely I, not in a million years. Yeah, because you just <laughs> like you're inviting yourself into a bit of a um into pretty special company when you do that, oh, yeah. especially after a loss as well. Because there are some um yeah, yeah there are some moments on that. A mate of mine's been on many times, and I've always said, I've always vowed I'd never ever go on it. Um, <laughs> and then, yeah, drinking from eight thirty in the morning or whatever it was, that all went out the window. Apparently, you, this mate of yours, he's quite internet famous now, isn't he? For for pen, for coining the phrase "absolute shit isn't he? Yes, isn't it? that's the yes, one. That's yeah, that's it's that mate. One, yeah, that one. Yeah, unfortunately. <laughs> God, I love to mate. coin a phrase. That'd be that'd be that'd be great. You can maybe. Think of one tonight somehow, Seb. No, I mean it's got to be spontaneous. You yeah. can't, you can't coin a phrase <laughs> for this. You, you, you can't come up with a phrase purely for the sake of trying to um, 
trying to trying to gain some notoriety. It has to be organic, but I'll um I'll try and work on that. I don't know, it works for a few people online, doesn't it? But, um, <laughs> anyhow, uh, shall we? Let's let's get to the meat and bones of this. Um, Christian Eriksen, obviously better than Mesut Ozil, right? Yeah. We, all, we all agreed on that. Gene Oliver, let's start with you, mate. <laughs> um, I am actually quite a big fan of Christian Eriksen. Um, I was quite disappointed when he went to Tottenham two years ago from Ajax. I'd watched him a fair bit. Um, Basically better than Meza Ozil. <laughs> uh, not yet, I'll give you that. I, I, I don't know. Um, there's something about Christian Eriksen that you think he's, his intelligence is far um, far more underrated as a, an aspect of his game than Meza Ozil's. As in, everyone uses that as his sort of yeah. saviour for Meza Ozil. So when he's failing in a game, um, Mesut Ozil's intelligence off the ball, da-da-da-da. But with Christian Eriksen, it sort of never comes into discussion. And um, I, I, I do think Christian Eriksen, you know, has the ability to almost eclipse Mesut Ozil. Maybe that's a bad thing to say on a Derby Day podcast, but... Absolute uh, disgrace, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, can't, I can't quite shake the feeling that Eriksen's going to continue developing while Mesut Ozil sort of stagnates and eventually... Clients. I was one of those guys that like the, the people people will always make I, I like him but people always make mm. excuses around him so when he yeah. when he has a bad game like you say Gene people people talk about his off the ball intelligence and people start creating intangibles that no one could possibly ever notice to justify what he's doing but yeah. also people say stuff like yeah but he needs pace around him all the time you're like well yeah, yeah but to a to a to a degree maybe but it's um it's a bit of a flimsy argument that dare i, I say it's it, not sir. wrong but you know dare i say it but is it maybe a trap we fall into with soldado no mate not at all absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no no the, i'm not the tottenham, that. tottenham we, fans still defending soldado it's not that we defend him, it's that well we do but it, it's, <laughs> it's more that we just really like him as a person like we, okay. we, it's. I, I don't know whether this makes us a small club, but um, it's. Yep, yep. Oh, don't, yeah. don't use that phrase <laughs> in their in their presence, mate. Right? We'll, we'll, we'll lap that right up. That's usually one we do in private. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> it, he, um, we, we're always going to embrace a player like that. Someone who has those kind of um, those attributes. He, he he's always, there's no way of, of getting around like his performance in front of goal and the chances he's missed, but. The guy has a really admirable character to him, which he's not worth the money we pay for him, and he, and he never will be. And I expect within a year that um, he will he will be somewhere else and will have taken a huge loss in his transfer. But, but while he's there, you, you I don't know. It's really easy to gravitate towards him and to want him to do well. So there's more. It's it's more that than necessarily putting the wool over our own eyes and, and pretending that all is well. I don't know, Jack. Do you agree with that? Uh, I, I do think we look like a better team when Soldado's in the side. Um, yeah, as a footballing side, yeah, definitely. Yeah, and it's, it's, I think it's unfortunate because we we essentially signed him to score goals, right? Um, and so, and he hasn't done that. We can't hide from that. But it, it, that completely overshadows well, I can hear it in the background. Yeah, muffled, exactly. muffled laughter. <laughs> But that completely overshadows all the positives that he does bring to the team, unfortunately, because that's kind of, I don't know, I guess that's the, the, 
the black and white kind of nature of football nowadays, isn't it? Fuck, mm. I'm making. We're just making excuses, Seb. We are, mate. But, that, but, but that's, I, no, I, that's like buying, that's like buying a goalkeeper there and going, yeah, but you know he doesn't save any shots. But you know, at least his distribution is really hard. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you. It, it, no, but it, it is a bit like that. But then also, I think I think most Tottenham fans, or the reasonable ones that you know, even halfway understand football, recognise that. As an actual footballer, he's very talented. He just doesn't do what he was brought to do, um, which is... So, so just, just to ask you a question, sorry, and flip the roles a little bit here, and I'll yeah, ask you a question. Yeah, yeah. Oh, here we go. <laughs> arc it, arc it in. <laughs> if, if, if he's a good footballer, and obviously his finishing isn't up to scratch, do you then play him somewhere else? And, and can he bring something else to the game then? Ooh, I, I, I don't know. I think that... Um, when you start making that argument, you, you, you then have to say, well, who are you taking out of the side to accommodate him in that mm. new position? And that's, that's the problem. I mean, I, yeah, if, if, if there was no Lamella and no Chadley and the team needed a, one of those sort of wide forward players, um, then you could feasibly slot him into that kind of area and he would, he would do a passable job. He, it, would be, it, would be, um, it would be a reduction on what either of those other players Produces, but he would he would still be passable because he he's, he he's, his technique is very good. His awareness of what what happens around him is is excellent, um, and it's just that one department where his confidence is, um, has because dissipated. You're... It's just not consistent, yeah, isn't it? Really? He just he just yeah. When when he gets anywhere near the goal, it's a different player. He just yeah. I, I, it's, he, I think he's broken. I love him, but I you know I don't think that's ever coming back. He could. It's a sort of player you can see going back to Spain and killing it again. Yeah. really. Yeah, is, pretty much. Yeah, I yeah, expect that also. Yeah. Um, we've we've had absolutely shitloads of listener questions, um, so <laughs> I figure we may as well jump into those, and it will just it'll help the conversation flow. I think. Um, let's let's go let's go with Mr. Sam Tai. He's a man I think everyone knows very well. Immaculate mm-hmm. hairdo. Immaculate hairdo. <laughs> Not quite a nice gem, but but getting there. Um, I'm not firing shots, Sam. I do love you. Um, Sam asks, what's it like to have been so defensively unorganised that, Fra- <laughs> that Francis Coquelin has instantly made you look ten times better? I'll put that to absolute disgrace, Ollie. It's, um, it's a baffling one, really, in terms of if he's as good as he seems to have been from a couple of games. I'm not getting carried away. It is only a couple of games, but he certainly stabilised us, but you just wonder what was he doing Charlton of all places if he's actually quite good it's, it's just it's just absolutely bizarre I can't get my head around it um, he's, he definitely looks good um, he's got the right attitude and, and he organises the, the midfield pretty well but you know it's only a few games so let's not Let's not be football fans here and get carried away. I mean, has he been kind of sniffing around, for want of a better uh, phrase, the first team for a while, like we've had, say, with Ben Taleban, nope. more so Mason? Or has he just kind of come no, from not, relatively not nowhere? No, OK. Um, I think he's been at the club about seven years or something, but he's had a few little spells here and there, sort of, you know, a few years back, and everyone sort of thought, oh, what's he going to do? And he ends up going on loan and not really doing an awful lot. And then he gets farmed out to, to Charlton. Then we get, you know, all the injuries that we get every single year. Um, so they quickly call him back as an emergency, you know, as a bit of cover. And it turns out he's actually good. Have you been it's, impressed it's with him, sir? Um, I wouldn't go as far as say I'm impressed. I, I just, I think 
I think this is a kind of relative term situation in that he's not Flamini. Um, <laughs> who, I was hoping who, you were about to say he's not Bentaleb then. I'm no, I mean, I do Bentaleb, but it's just, he's, he's, when, when, when um, Flamini, who I used to think was, like, you know, a good combative presence in a side, is just a catastrophe in that area of the pitch. When he has any kind of responsibility tactically, Arsenal looked dreadful. Um, and he just, I remember the last time I watched him was, um, that, that game up at Anfield, uh, the 2-2. Um, and he was, I was just baffling to see a player like that who's so experienced uh, just offer, just be, look so naive. And, um, and Cochrane did play really well uh, at, at, um, at Manchester City. But I, I don't know, I just want to see a little bit more of him before I, before I sign off on this kind of, well, he's the answer for the next 10 years stuff, um, which I'm not quite sold on yet. Um, there you go. Uh, me, me either yet, but you know, football fans and their knee-jerk reactions—it's it's a pretty oh, yeah, standard yeah, yeah. thing these days. Yeah, yeah of course. And like, it's a um, relief, guys, to have someone that can do that stuff. And and he's associated with that. What was you know, a great performance and a great win. And you know, yeah, I can understand it. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's it's like you know, you lot and, and Harry Kane. It's a bit of a knee-jerk reaction. He's only played a couple of decent games, and and suddenly he's the messiah. He scores against only scores against absolute muck, isn't it? I think is your your turn of phrase, <laughs> isn't it, Ollie? Give, give or take, yeah, give or take. <laughs> Which, uh, I th- that got numbers on that retweet, didn't it? I did get numbers. <laughs> <laughs> I got favorited yeah. and then retweeted, yeah. yeah. Some, some of the abuse I got was, was colourful. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> to say the least. Um, yeah, we, insults I'd never even heard of. <laughs> we've, we've had one from Paxton Coetzee, and I think he's actually talking about FK and uh, Jeff Arsenal, who we had on, but I'll put it to you two anyway. Um, and he asks, and this is verbatim, if it's those two bellends you had on last <laughs> season, do they still think that Chesney is a better keeper than Loris? Oh. <laughs> oh. What, did they genuinely say that? Yeah, they did. Jeff Arsenal was adamant that Chesney was just head, oh, not even like oh, not even edged it, was head and shoulders above Hugo Loris. That's a dreadful opinion. I find, I find that awfully um, upsetting that they've forgotten that we were so desperate for Lloris even when we had Chesney in our ranks for however long before he went to you and it was seen as a catastrophe that we'd lost him to Tottenham um, but Lloris you know he's head and shoulders above Chesney um, and he's on par with the best keepers in the league if not the best Have you is, is Chesney gone from your team I mean is Ospina is he taking his place at the moment due to form or is it just down to injury um, or Arsene Wenger has reasserted that Chesney remains number one. However, it seems that Ospina has, with a couple of clean sheets, you know, Man City, Aston Villa and, and Stoke, I think it was. Um, you can't really complain. With his, yeah, you can't really complain with his performances, you know, despite are, are being... We sure, are we sure Wenger doesn't... So I was just going to say, are we sure Wenger yeah, doesn't just mean by shirt number rather, <laughs> rather than <laughs> being his, his first pick? That would be quite Wenger-esque, wasn't that? Um, I think one of the things I've I've always thought about Chesney, Chesney, I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I've always felt that like it's his, he's he's quite clearly a decent keeper. You know, he's he's not oh, yeah, shit definitely. or anything like that. But yeah. I've often felt that it's the fact he seems massively confident. He seems like he's you know he's just like oozing with almost arrogance, and that's that probably helps hmm. him quite a lot. Um, it, it maybe yeah, yeah. kind of I don't know just just boosts his game a little bit makes perhaps elevates him 
a tier above what his natural ability is. I think yeah. I'm probably just talking in who scored I, style I think, stats um, at the moment. But... <laughs> if, you, if you look at last season, um, he got dropped for a little while when his form had dipped. Yeah. Um, and then sort of Fabianski and came in and, and, and did actually quite well. Um, and that little spell he had got him his move to Swansea. But when Chesney then came back, he was significantly better. And it really sort of bucked his ideas up. And everyone was saying he needs somebody to come in and to challenge him for a spot. And then we went and bought Espina, which everyone thought was going to do that. Espina, unfortunately, the moment he became an Arsenal fan, got injured. because uh, An Arsenal player, sorry, which is just what Arsenal players do. Um, so there was still never really that challenge to Chesney's spot all season. Um, and then finally, Espina was fit. Chesney started being oh, a bit shit, to be honest. Um, so he's been dropped. So I'm just hoping that that kick up the arse is, is what he needs and says, look, this isn't your spot. You're going to have to fight for it and you're going to have to stop making these silly mistakes that you've been making. Because um, if you look at how many shots he's had against him mm. and how many of them go in, it's, it's really quite shocking how, how poor he's been. Really? I think there was mm. yeah. what was quite unpleasant last year, I don't know if you remember this, Seb, um, about like halfway through the year when we were really in the doldrums, um, talking about peak Sherwood times, uh, oh, when yeah. like there was, I think, <laughs> Loris like it might have been on his own social channels or it was on like Giroud's or something. There's a picture oh, of Giroud's. like yeah, Koscielny, yeah. Giroud, Loris all out and about, and like they were kind of joking, being like, "We're telling him to come to Arsenal," and you know, Loris didn't. I think he he initially came out and said like, "Yeah, they're my friends and they want me to go to Arsenal," and you know, you never know what's going to happen in football, so on and so forth, and then. About two hours later on the official site, there's Hugo saying, I would never say I'm going to sign for Arsenal and blah, 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 blah. But, I mean, that, that links, it's resurfaced again lately. I mean, it's surely, surely unthinkable that Hugo would go to, go to them, isn't no, it? No chance. No yeah. chance. He, he um, not only would Arsenal have to offer the stadium their entire transfer budget and a couple of players to even get Levy to listen to that. But Larry strikes me as a kind of... I mean, I, I know it's a, it's, a, it's a fan's comment, but it's just he doesn't come across as that kind of character, as a sort of treacherous, Sol Campbell type who... I, I don't know. I just... I, I, don't, I don't see him being that kind of personality. And also, I mean, with all due respect, guys, Larry's can do a lot better than Arsenal. Oh, shots fired. <laughs> no, I, 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 I don't mean it like that. I just, I, just in a sense that, you know... If, if, he, if he's going to leave Tottenham, he could go to yeah, the very best team in the. In, you know, it's um. Well, there's not we're FA Cup champions of the world, mate. You, know? you are, you are <laughs> of the world. <laughs> yeah, I, I just, you know, he, he's he's at least. I mean, he, I'd, I'd say Neuer is maybe a shade, shade ahead of him, uh, but he is uh, comfortably in the top two goalkeepers in the world. I don't think there's anybody else who really streets ahead um, of De Gea. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's, um, he's definitely better than Fraudoir as well. That's all I'm saying. Fraudoir. <laughs> yeah. Fraudoir. Oh, I see what you've done there. That's, I've that's... Done, <laughs> what I've done is I've gone meta. I've used, like, young yeah, person yeah. FIFA language. That's what I'm doing. I've been oh, watching loads of KSI lately, and I'm trying to mix it up, so I'm trying to stay relevant. You know my paranoia. <laughs> now, like now I'm not doing my videos anymore. I'm like, I've got to stay relevant. I have to. 
but yeah, he's he's he's, he's in that sort of he's it, Neuer and Neuer and Norris at the top of the game, and and you know if he's if he's not going to play for Tottenham, then he's going to play for a Real Madrid or a Barcelona, um, mm. and there's just no chance of him going to Arsenal. And also, I don't, I don't think Chesney Chesney's not a bad player. Chesney's a really talented goalkeeper. It's just that mm. he has this habit of costing Arsenal game after game after game. If you look at his record in you know, whilst he does make you know an incredible saves, he made one off um, Van Persie last season at the Emirates. Um, um, he there's something in his game which just means in, in the big game situations he'll do something silly. That against United, he's got a pretty poor record in North London derby. Uh, didn't have a great game at Stamford Bridge last season or this one. <laughs> um, you know, he's not. But if you're if you're Arsenal and you have ambition, the kind of ambitions that you like do. That's not the goalkeeper I want in my side. I want um, I want someone who has you know maybe you don't necessarily need to make the same range of saves, but you do need to eliminate the range of fuck ups. Yeah, I, I don't want a goalkeeper that's going to be doing cross turns when a striker's running at him. No, just, exactly. just boot it. Just, I mean, just stuff. stop being a dick. He just yeah. he, he, maybe he believes his own hype. Is it perhaps you know this oh, kind yeah. of. This social media personality he's cultivated. There's been a bit of a banter lord, you know. It's kind of oh, yeah. he's obviously a prick. Yeah, he, I mean, yeah. He's just, uh, yeah, 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 definitely, absolutely. Which isn't the worst thing in the world, in, in my opinion. <laughs> no? I, I do like a few <laughs> players that are hated. You know, if, if we had eleven players that were truly hated universally by everyone, I'd, I'd be a pretty happy man, even if they were shit. I was, was going to say as, hated, as, as well, Seb. There's at least two people. 
if they did not have Sanchez, are they worried about him leaving? Gene Oliver. Well, I'd say we'd probably be further off you than you are closer to us. And leaving in the summer, it's, it's a relative to which team would take him. So on that accord, no. But on his... I mean, he, he's proved that, you know, Barcelona made a mistake or probably Pinedo over him or whichever situation it was. Um, he is well... You know, he's a top three player in the league, if that. Um, I mean, and he, um, he, his he form's is, only proved even more, so... I mean, he is completely exceptional. I mean, it's, it's, it's horrible to... Even say this. I mean, like, you, you, you guys are getting a kind of you, you, you're getting an increasing habit of, and I'm, I'm sorry for saying this, Tottenham fans listening, but you, you, you're getting an irritating habit of actually kind of having some players now that aren't complete and utter bellends like you always used to have. Like, I'm thinking yeah. the, the peak <laughs> days when you were like Lundberg, Perez, Henri, oh, just, just, oh, just. <laughs> dislikable men but at the moment yeah, I don't know you've got quite a few players it's like oh, you know maybe I hate Chelsea more now actually oh, I definitely hate Chelsea Ooh. more to be honest yeah. uh, just... oh, you're Ooh, gonna you're gonna so this is a North London absolute... podcast you need to uh, edit that out mate I just I, what you know what are they gonna say come on bring it yeah don't please don't um <laughs> But Sancho, I mean, it, I'm, I'm, I'm assuming because I, I can remember when we had Bale. You know, it was a kind of player when mm. you were, when we were sat there, and every time he got the ball, you're just like something can happen now, like on the edge of your seat. Yeah, exactly, and I, it is kind of cliche, and it is a bit, you know, magical and all this kind of crap that people throw out there about these type of players. But it is magic, isn't it? It's magic. You watch them, and you're just like they're going to do something absolutely fucking amazing. And this is this is why I love football and. I don't know, you seem to have that, and I'm, I'm kind of jealous. Although, we, we've got that with Kane. I don't care about you saying this knee-jerk. He's magical. He's magic as our <laughs> Harry. Um, but, yeah. Uh, how, how impressed have you been with him, Seb Sanchez? I think he's been great. He's, um, it's not necessarily his ability which impressed me, because we all knew about that before, but it's how hard he works. Uh, the guy is, yeah. uh, is yeah. an incredible athlete. Uh, you've watched... So they, uh, not necessarily when they're at home because in a lot of those games Arsenal tend to dominate but just when he's picking all up from, from deep and driving 50 yards of the ball it's an amazing thing his intensity doesn't seem to drop first minute to last and that is a bit of a strategy but it's incredible actually that, that's kind of bailed up because probably the most impressive thing about Bale was, was um, how athletically gifted he was I think um, and Sanchez has that same thing, but he's just uh, for a South American player to come into this league uh, with no experience of English football and to be to stand out as much as he has, uh, it's just hugely impressive. Um, I don't think he'd go. One of the reasons he opted for Arsenal was because he wanted to live in London. Um, so I don't see if he, mm. I don't see him leaving England, and I don't really see him leaving Arsenal. Um, and someone would have to pay such a silly fee for him that. Yeah. Well, it, it would be like bail type money, wouldn't it? Really, for him to go for for Arsenal to even consider it now. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, he's, he's a super player, and he's um, he's great to watch. I just think he's the guy that you know. If you 
yeah, I mean, to play with someone like that and to have a kind of, um, I to have someone that, that has so much, and it's a, again something that people say about. He is he's kind of the anti Sanchez in a way. Everything that Walcott does is is so you see every time he touches the ball, you can see him thinking about what he should be doing next. Whereas Sanchez yeah. has this like incredible instinct. He just knows how yeah. to exploit weaknesses everywhere, and it's just it's made Arsenal such a better side. Yeah, he gives me the fear. In other words. <laughs> <laughs> Go. One uh, of the um, the best things I heard about Sanchez was um, Oxide Chamberlain was talking about him a while back, and he uh, he came out and said, uh, "Yeah, Alexis came into training. He was meant to be on his second day of rest, and he wanted to train. And we literally all had to tell him to go home <laughs> um, because the guy the guy just wants to to train and tend to play football. And, you know, he just clearly loves it. Um, yeah. So that you know, hearing that as a fan is just exactly what you want to hear. Oh. God, yeah, yeah, of course you do. Yeah, especially with that kind of money. I just he's um he's great, and uh, he's you know with 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 that my Tottenham hat on. He's uh he's a great player to have in the league, I suppose, as a as a sort of diplomatic way of putting it. But he's um he's a he's a real yeah, fantastic. Um, we'll we'll do one more of these uh one more of these list of questions. Um, I'll, I'll put this on to absolute disgrace, Ollie. I'm just going to keep. I'm going to keep flitting between the two. Um, Ian, Ian Field, um, whose username is at Ian Field, uh, he says, "Are they suitably embarrassed by their stupid big flags behind the goal?" <laughs> yes, I've got to say I do hope. But Chelsea have adopted those as well now. I think haven't they? Which doesn't surprise they? me. Uh, yeah, probably. Yeah. Yeah, uh, I, I'm, I'm not a fan of, of of the flags. It's it's one step down from goal music. Oh, um, exactly which, that. Which should be instant lifetime banned from football. Um, <laughs> let's be honest. So um, no, well, I, I don't really like it. Sam Allardyce um, and oh, dear. the only goal music I can accept is uh, I think I can't remember who it is, but whoever it is that plays the Captain Pugwash theme tune when they score a goal, I don't <laughs> I don't mind that as. Uh, I think it's Darlington or someone like that. I, you know what I want to ask actually is um, now that Osper's in is Osborne is in the side, there's an absolute disgrace of a chant that every every time he takes a goal kick, oh, yeah. you can hear this chorus of sort of fifteen year olds going, "Oh, Ospina! What is happening there? That, that's my. So I, I remember the first time I heard that was at home. The first time I heard that was at a home game, and yeah, I sort of. Hung my head in, in embarrassment. Yeah. Oh, is it? Um, is it like an adaptation of the "Oh, you're shit"? Ah, yeah, exactly. Just oh, with, yeah, no, yeah. No. It, it's that, but but a lot more polite, you know. Um, but the next time I heard it was actually at City away. Um, I have to say, being completely shit faced, it was you not joined it was in. really good fun. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> there's, there's a time and a place for shit housery, as I think you'll uh, you'll agree with there, Ollie. Absolutely. Yeah. When it's sitting, you can pretty much get away with anything, I think, to be fair. Yeah. I've got to say... So I look, no, that's, that's fine. It's really quite irritating that I was actually at that game, kind of rubbing my, rubbing my chubby hands together with glee, thinking this is going to be an occasion where I actually get to see Arsenal turned over and absolutely done. And just seeing you put in an absolutely exceptional performance and win away at the Etihad was... It was vile. It was horrible to yes, watch. We, we were on the same train, weren't we? Yeah. And I, funnily enough, when I actually bumped into Ollie, he 
He genuinely had a cappuccino in his hand. Doing an Arsenal away day like a proper gooner. There you go. <laughs> cappuccino in hand. Um, I, one, I think one of my actual, probably the low light of that match was when you guys were 2-0 up and you were just singing for probably about f- four minutes you're the Spurs of Manchester over and over and over again to them, which, <laughs> yeah, which was, it was quite nice to see you were still giving us a shout out though, you know, kind of a little nod to, nod to Spurs, but, um, we de- yeah, sorry, Jane, what were you saying? Um, I was going to say, we definitely do have more Spurs chance than we do Arsenal ones. Oh, it's the same with us, mate. Same with us. <laughs> all us small clubs, we all do, you know. Uh, <laughs> Um, yes, yeah, so let's let's go to the game itself. Um, yes. So the Ox, I'm gonna, I shouldn't be calling him by that. Oxley Chamberlain, um, yes. Wilshire and Arteta all not available for the game. Uh, I believe Jack possibly may be back. I just referred to him as Jack. I'm so sorry. First, na- first name, so. <laughs> Gosh, tragic. Um, Arteta's definitely out. Um, not too sure on Chamberlain. But then, then again, who needs Chamberlain when Alexis Sanchez has returned? But he's yeah. he's quite nice though, Chamberlain, isn't he? He's, I like he's, Chamberlain. He's, he's he's a nice player. He's a good. He's versatile as well. That's why I like. He's unexpected as well. So he can do. He doesn't do what Walcott would do, as in you know Walcott's going to go there. Chamberlain will cut in, go out, turn back. But he's not a necessity at this minute. I think I'm I'm going to say something. I'm going to say something now. I'm saying something at the moment, but I'm going to say something. something. I think Oxlade-Chamberlain is a considerably, and always will be a considerably better footballer than Raheem Sterling. Just saying. Well. Oh, look at that. Silence. Deathly silence. (laughs) Deathly silence. (laughs) Don't know. What? I think think Sterling's... So, so I was just going to say, Sterling's been a bit of a victim of, of the overhyping, I think, at times. If you think about some of the, the young English lads, you know, Barkley, Sterling, mm. dare I say Townsend, you know, they have a couple of good games where they look like unplayable and suddenly everyone's talking about building the England team around them and all this kind of... Wilshire certainly had it for a long time. Um, <laughs> and sometimes it's just, can we just can we just pump the brakes a bit and can we just let them develop because they're only young and, and stop putting all this pressure on them and saying silly things like let's build the England team around them when they've had about you know four good games or something. No, I we missed can't. that uh, unplayable Andros Townsend game. Didn't, didn't catch that one at all, I don't think. <laughs> 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 I don't know where that came from. but you know. He's right, though. He, he, but in, in, we'll never learn this until, until, we're, until we're successful as a national team. Yeah. So, yeah. so the original point never. stands then. So, never learned yeah. this. <laughs> yeah. people, people always have this kind of perpetual quest for a hero. And the minute any kind of talent flickers, happen with Sterling, happen with Barkley, who, who's kind of regressed this season anyway. Um, yeah. It was actually, I mean, at one point, Adam Lallana was, uh, you know, an absolute must-pick in the England team. It's, it's Harry Kane um, now, right, isn't it? Like, Wilshire, yeah, well, Kane. Surely. Um, and Luke Shaw, again, all these players that, and John Stones actually as well, who's you know, a really talented guy, but, but really raw and still yeah. quite naive, even in the, even at Premier League level. Like the moment they emerge as any, any kind of credible, um, credible force in the game, that's it. 
immediately get hold of them. Sort of the, sort of the more alarmist factions of fans get hold of them, and then you know they're, they're, they're hyperbole rages forever. And it's just it's going to be a nightmare. I, I um you know it's uh, it's, it's got to be very very difficult for someone else. Well, I, I know I know what you're saying to an extent, but when you consider the fact the England team's probably going to have Delhi Lee and Harry Kane in it for the next World Cup, oh, yeah. we're going to win the World Cup. Really. <laughs> <laughs> it's the, only, it's the only logical conclusion to two young Tottenham players getting the call up. What's kind of the like this generation's original example of that, though? That you know the inclusion. Before he'd ever played a Premier League game in a World Cup squad, yeah. you know, and and, and Walcott, I, he, he's a good player, but he's nothing more than a good player. He's he's quick. He's always just been he can finish. Yeah, he's and he's someone that you would never not want on your in your know, on your bench or you know, theoretically in your side. But you know, the the, the creation of the Walcott. <laughs> <laughs> I was I was skirting around that, but yeah, pretty much. Um, no, he, he's, a, he's a good player. He, and I, I do think he's a better player than Lennon. I know that that will, um, I'm sure, have a fun week on social media as a result of that. But um, he's just he he's an example of people you know, grasping at, you know at, at certain things that happen in a career and pretending that none of the flaws exist. Um, mm. And yeah, it, it's it's hard. It's you know we don't we don't really give people the time to actually grow into their own potential, really, which is very very sad. Maybe there's a there's a think piece waiting to happen there, Seb. So no, yeah, mate. No. Get on it, mate. Get on it. Thanks, mate. No. Yeah, we can see what we can do. <laughs> um, the game itself. How how are you guys expecting to line up? Would you say? Well, um, I'm hoping we just go and do exactly what we did at City and just have that two lines compact and play just... like Stoke. <laughs> 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 wow. Um, so no, I'm going to ignore that. Um, I just I want us to play, you know, that sort of Mourinho-esque sort of away from home. We're not going to lose. We're just going to set up to to sort of sit deep and, and be compact and, and just not make mm. any silly mistakes. Rather than what we've done in the past in the big games is just go. Well, you know, let's pretend like we're at home against you know West Brom or something and, and go for it and suddenly find ourselves five nil down. You know, it's, it's it's been a bit embarrassing that that tactic, to be honest. How about you, Gene? How are you? I mean, are you optimistic? Both both teams are in pretty good form coming into this one, so that obviously means it's going to yeah. be a terrible match. <laughs> what well, what I'm worried about with Tottenham coming into this match is that they've got a few players that can actually score from any moment and anywhere now, and and in the last few you know sort of fixtures they haven't really had that. You know, Chadley's been able to pick up goals here and there you know Kane and Ericsson are scoring everywhere and everything and so like Ollie was saying we need to be a bit more we need to be a bit more compact I mean considering it's it's Tottenham and not in a way that it's Tottenham you're a small club but in the way that it's Tottenham it's a derby day that I don't think Arsene Wenger will go the exact same as he has with City I think it'll be a bit more expensive and a bit more fluent attacking but I, I do hope it's sort of a bit more shut down from the defence in the midfield, lower half. I thought you were going a bit Sir Alex on us there, Gene, just doing a lads. <laughs> it's Tottenham, you know. Lad. <laughs> what a fucking bellend that he said that, but it's so true as well. The thing that was annoying about that is that I think the reason why it didn't boil that much piss 
uh, in the Tottenham faithful, I say, um, is it is one of those things where like we know that as well, where it's like, well, yeah, it is worse. Tottenham exactly. Much it's worse. like yeah. just just to say, lads, it's Tottenham. It's like, well, you know what he's saying because it's he's like, got a point. Yeah, exactly. We are that <laughs> team that, that goes in at three nil at half time and loses five three. That's just that Spurs. That that's what we do. Um, oh Christ. Uh, um, what uh, let's let's uh, let's press you for a for a scoreline, uh, Gene. What what do you reckon it's going to be, mate? Three one to Arsenal. Oh, punchy. Yeah. <laughs> How about you? Absolute disgrace. <laughs> two one. I'm saying to us. Two one to you. All right. Are you going to be? You going to be making a? Is he going to be there as well? That what's his name? Making the Arsenal appearance. fan TV man. The main Robbie. guy that hosts it, is uh, he? Robbie. Robbie. Robbie, yeah. I've seen various vintage pictures of him going up recently. Ones of him in boxing gloves and all this kind of stuff. Is he someone famous yeah, or something? Is he like famous <laughs> in the 80s or 90s or something? No, I've missed this. No. Just no a, it, there was this thing called Crucial Robbie. I think he just did some rap or something. I've oh, not really? seen it. Oh, and did okay. a rap. Sounds all... <laughs> <laughs> I, I so don't want to see that. Or listen to it in any way at all. I think I think he's great. I think he, I think he does a really good job with Arsenal fans TV, and then makes everyone else make a fool of themselves. But um, yeah, and makes himself seem quite sustainable. Uh, he, he, it's very very smart. I, I presume it's it's his creation, um, but it, it's um, it's a very very good idea, even if it does like give a, a forum to just some of the biggest twats in the game. But, mm. you know, it's a good idea. Is it, is it Claude? Claude the man at Christmas is ruined. That one. Is that, <laughs> is that Claude? <laughs> Claude the man at Christmas is ruined. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. Claude's the old that white guy. That is Claude. Guy. Yeah, that is Claude. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, he's just... You've got Claude, yeah. you've got... Yeah. Ty with the water bottle. Um... Who are the others? Oh, what is it? Mo. I've, I, is it Mo the guy Mo, that... Really? <laughs> Mo's the guy that I work in finance. I earn hundreds of thousands a year. That guy, like, that's Mo, isn't well, it? You've, you've nailed his voice, mate. Good stuff. I, I, hope yeah, that, I listened, to, I listened <laughs> to him against Jeff Arsenal podcast where he was, honest to God, one of the most patronising, just, just, just appalling people I've ever listened to. Like... Sorry if you if you're mates with him either of you, but like he just no not know. at all. He, he's no, he's also no. the guy that said um, I genuinely, 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 genuinely could do a better job than you, Gazidis. <laughs> um, that's, uh, <laughs> that's Ivan Gazidis that earns oh, two like, million pounds like a year to run you know a multinational, multi-million pound organisation compared to a guy who, who you know who works uh, as an accountant at Tesco's. Um, and basically analyses how much carrots cost. You know, come on, mate. It, 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 oh dear! Oh god! Um, Game would be poorer without people like that. Lads, we are. We 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 hark back to this early nineties Premier League nostalgia. We are in the halcyon days now. This is it. This is where we are. This is this is the glory days for. In twenty years' time, people Golden are going to look age. back to then, and they're going to be like, "I remember in my day when they had selfie sticks, and you all had to sit <laughs> down and oh, good God, to buy a ticket for sixty quid." Amazing oh, days, dear Lord. Um, well, mm. let's uh, let's end it there because I think we're probably babbling on a bit too much now. But uh, 
Thanks very much for joining us, lads. We usually say good luck for the rest of the season, but uh, you know, we all know you're going to finish above us anyway, so fuck off. <laughs> thank you for having us. Or me. Yeah, thanks. Right, well, I think I'm about ready for a shower now, Seb, don't you, mate? Way. Oh, yeah. Way. Yeah. Dirty. Yeah. Um... I'm actually I'm feeling oddly confident about this game. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm going to address the balance because I went on a bit of a, a rant, not a rant so much. I, I was waxing lyrical about Alex Oxlade-Chamberlain. I don't think it's the first time I've done that either, actually. But I just really like the lad. No, stop, stop. Right. I'm really, you, you went a bit funny during that. Episode. Really, really confident about this game. And I'm not usually, you know, you, you know, you, anyone that listens to this regularly now knows how much of a miserable kind of pessimistic arsehole I generally am um, but I, I, I don't know like they're in, they are in exceptional form but we're in very good form as well and I don't know I just I fancy I fancy Spurs in this one I do how, 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 let's get your opinion on it Raj because everyone's just listened to us rabbit on for the past 41 minutes um, how are you feeling going into this one um, it's always a funny one to be honest I always feel quite unsettled when these games come uh, around it's it's always a very strange atmosphere around this match uh, not particularly confident um, but I don't think we're going to lose either if I had to hang me out on a result I'd go for a Scott draw because um, I don't think especially at White Hart Lane nobody really runs away with it too much they haven't in the past few seasons anyway um, I'd our defence, especially with Larice in the form he is, um, I, I can't see them struggling too much with what they're going to come at us with. Um, whereas our, our attack is playing so well that their their defence isn't the greatest in the world. So I think they're going to Wenger has in the past few games against Tottenham tended to overcompensate defensively against us. He's, he's made a fair few defensive substitutions late on and whatnot to protect leads and to sort of. Um, Pulis is way to victory for want of a better phrase, but he's you know, he's he's very very respectful of us um recently, which is an odd sight growing up in the era I did. Um <laughs> but it's um it's it's you know, it's it's one of those where I think if we take our chances on the day we've got as good a chance as winning as anyone, so I'll be interested to see how it how it goes out. I think um it'll be much better than last season's game where that was that sort of nothing result where they where they scored their one goal and then just pretty much coasted for eighty minutes while Tim Sherwood's inept tactical management of the side just pretty much made us akin to a small dog humping a leg. It was it was terrible <laughs> to watch. His bollocks um, sounds horrible, isn't it? So we're going to be we're going to have a much more we're going to have much more bite about us. Hopefully, Ben Taleb is back. Um, if he's back in time to train and reacclimatize himself and, and make himself uh, ready to play, then we'll be all the better for it. Um, so I'm, I'm looking forward to it. To be honest, I, I hope we do well. Um, if if it's a case of dropping out Stambouli for Ben Taleb, then I'd, I'd I'd go with that. To be honest, um, but it's. Um, it's an interesting one, to be honest. I think we're, we're, we're as even as we ever have been. And um, given the way in which the league stands, it's quite a big one. And given that it doesn't particularly help either one of us to draw, I imagine that's probably the most likely result. Um, it's not not probably the, uh, the most incisive insight into the, the match possible, but it's one of those where you, if you're a fan of either of the clubs, I don't think you can uh, be able to detach yourself too much from the emotional aspect of it and 
something I certainly struggle to do. But um, I'm interested to listen back and and hear what you two chatted us to about particularly. But I, I mentioned Stambouli there, and he's been fantastic filling in for Bentaleb while he's been away with Algeria. Um, I mean, he's he's looked like he's picked up the pace of the league. He's he's not a walking yellow card as he used to be. He's he's playing the ball early. He's he's tackling well. His his intent within the side seems to have matched what is expected of him by the manager. Is that that something that you two agree with? Yeah, I think so. I um I if if he's if he's um if he's physically capable of it and if he's recovered from the travel and the jet lag, then I definitely play him because I think that we actually match up really well with Arsenal. Our sort of front four. Um, can do a lot of damage to not only their back four, but also the players who are probably playing in front of them. Like uh, I, I expect that will be Coquelin and Ramsey. I just think that if we have a player like player like Bentaleb who can shift the ball into the attacking zones quickly and accurately, and if we you know can capitalise on a like Chadley against Bellerin, I think that favours us. I like Ericsson against anyone at the moment. Bit um, okay because I think that he. Um, he might be a little bit too dynamic for someone like Metasaka. Um and I think that um I think Lamella's started to play well. Lamella's changed from not changed because he hasn't matured that much yet, but his uh, retention of possession is a lot better. Um and he's playing he, he seems to be playing a lot more high percentage uh, passes in an opponent's half, which I like. And um, I, I think it favours I, I, I Feel, I feel really good, but not just in that that sort of hopelessly optimistic as a white hot lane. Therefore, we'll probably you know live off the atmosphere and win way. I just think that uh, logically we um, we're very capable of winning this game, and I, I just think that um, I um, we, we spoke to the Arsenal boys about Sanchez, and you know, he's obviously playing well. And I think I think um, Olivier Giroud is one of the more underrated uh, forwards in the league. I think he's actually pretty intelligent. I think he's good around the box in the space quite well and also Mesut Ozil played very well on Sunday against Villa um, you know um, but they, um, it's, big, it's not going to be like Rush says, it's not going to be 3-0 to anyone but it's um, I like his edge definitely how, how have you felt about um, Dembele would you would you like to see him deployed in the kind of like the number 10 role again not not on Saturday I mean I um, he's played really well I, I what surprised me against West Brom is that like, what we would associate Dembele with is a ponderous you know lethargic football and side was passing, but he was actually quite he was sort of pleasingly direct on on, on Saturday, and, and um, he was willing to, to to be aggressive and to be ambitious with the ball. And you know, the, the pass that he played for Harry Kane for um, for the second goal is, is not. I don't necessarily think he was trying to pick Kane out when he played it, but that's not a typical Dembele pass. Um, and you know, that was really encouraging, and it, he, he looked like a viable alternative to Ericsson. But then on Saturday, you have to go with players. Is we've talked about like three weeks in a row, I think. But you have to play these players in their right positions against Arsenal. I mean, against West Brom, you maybe get away with it. Against Sheffield United, again, get away with it. But this game, you you you, you put them where they're suited to playing. I think Ericsson at ten, Kane at Kane is uh, at centre forward, and then Charlie and Mel at either side. And that, that has to be the way. Oh, I'd love us. I'd love us to just have one of those performances like we did against Chelsea, where it just all goes for us, and we just I don't know play them away. The oh God, it's it's been too long since we really, really kind of could have a proper laugh at their expense, you know. And just Probably that League Cup semi-final. That was the last time. Although three to the three to at the Emirates, yeah. Emirates. That was that was quite funny. But then that wasn't as a lot of that game was quite miserable though. Because the first 45 <laughs> was dreadful. 
and it was only really the last half an hour you thought, all right, okay. So you didn't get to maximize the humiliation. And it wasn't, you know, but it was, yeah, it was a lovely moment. But still. Assholes. Um, we should, uh, this, uh, we didn't touch on it in the first half, actually. Um, the fact that we have now released Benoit Asokoto. We, were, we talked about him last week and about how we couldn't get a, we couldn't get a, a, a buyer for him. Um, and it seems like now we just have thought, fuck it, and just gotten rid of him. Um, that's a good move, isn't it, really? I'm pretty happy he's gone. Uh, happy he's gone. <laughs> Raj, um, Raj has disappeared. Raj. I, no, I mean, I just have nothing to say about the bloke, to be honest. He's a bit of a yeah. prick, and I'm happy he's gone. There's, there's not much more to be said about it. He's, he's it's, not it's, played the club in about two years. So. It's a really galling situation, because he's, he's just become a... like Obviously, the canal gesture and all that comes with that is hugely negative and just that was the moment at which he should have been released but even if you just even if you take that out of the equation which is almost impossible he's just a big drain on resources he's a, he's a contract squatter he just sits there gleefully collecting his 40 grand a week and he doesn't even go to training anymore and um i i it just uh, everything about it was very galling and just to, to, to finally have a full stop on that is um merciful well nice it seems as though we uh we had a lot of interest in Adebayor um, from West Ham as well, who we, you know, turned back. Um, it would have been surely not the not the best idea, though, to, to let Adebayor go anywhere without a replacement, would it? I can't think of, you know... I don't care. I think that probably... Go. I think if the manager would rather be a man short than have Adebayor in his squad, that probably gives you a, a bigger sign of yeah, what he thinks yeah. of him than anything else. So... Um, I think his time at the club is up. He'll be gone in the summer, as will the likes yeah. of Kapu and Kabul, who were quite clearly offered to other clubs um, by Tottenham, and quite forcefully so. And it was only the players themselves that um, that caused those deals to fall through. I actually think that Kabul was offered a a, um, a move to Roma with an option to buy, but turned it down on... Um, wage differences he he wasn't happy on taking a pay cut to go to Roma so again he he's sort of fallen into an Asuo Cotto sort of mould um, but if if we're prioritising buying um, Winston Reid as well I imagine that we're going to have to um, be getting rid of a, a centre back or two in the summer because um, you know Vertong and Fazio and Dyer will, will probably be there for quite some time and then the other two places are going to be um, open Really, well, I, th- I think Roma had played hardball with quite a few different players, and I think like Kernapalanka, if that's pronounced correctly, <laughs> um, he he complained about their, I don't know, their, I think it was their lack of professionalism when when it came to the contract negotiation stage, and so didn't end up going there. But yeah, I think they they made contact to yeah. get him signed up as well. They, they they apparently wanted him, but he doesn't have any intention of playing in Italy. He really want, it's. I, I read this um, translated uh, Ukrainian interview with him, um, so there might have been some uh, something lost in translation. But I um, suppose it's always been his dream to play in England. And did he say Italy is shit? He didn't. I, he might have done in the original, but Google Translate um, when it whipped it over. Um, but he. Um, yeah, apparently uh, Dnipro and Roma had an agreement, but he he um yeah didn't like the wage package, didn't want to play in Serie. Uh, so I think he's holding out to either come to us in the summer or Liverpool or um I I don't know who else would want him. I'm not sure he's quite good enough to play 
in sort of a, the, the the Chelsea Manchester City bracket. But it's quite a worrying thing when when you when you when you hear about you hear about someone like Eunice Kabul. And I, I know it's really easy for us to sort of sneer at a professional who doesn't want to take like a, a five grand a week wage reduction. But you just think doesn't that say it all about what you are as a professional? You you, you don't you know you're not going to play, but you'd rather just sit there. I just I can't I, I can't understand that mentality. I know it's hard to imagine yourself as a professional footballer, but the idea of just saying, oh, you know, what, I'm happy to just come to training, collect my money, and never play. And I doubt Roma were offering him, you know, five grand a week. I'm sure they were, you know, offering something reasonable. But um, and why would you not want to go and play for that side at the moment? I was going to say, I think I think the uh, the positive to take out of this entire window is that the manager has quite clearly identified those within his squad who he trusts yeah, long term, the and they have been given contract. Uh, Kane and yep. Mason, most notably, and he is—he's identified those in which he doesn't think are going to be able to do it for him long term, and they were all offered quite hastily to other clubs, and were tried to shoot out the door as quickly as possible. So it's—it's um, it's a mistake that the club has made previously in not particularly adhering to what a manager wants from his squad. And if the signs from this January window are translated in the summer and Pochettino is allowed alongside the likes of Baldini and, and Mitchell to shape his squad in a manner in which Levy you know, is happy with, with the checkbook, then um, it's only a positive, really. It's, it's After several management regimes of, of failing to do so, we actually look like we're, we're buying into a manager's vision well, you, you, for, the, for the club yeah. and the, the squad. Was, yeah, that's, I think that's right. And I, I also think that this is kind of, I'm not, I have no doubt that he will learn nothing at all from this, but it's kind of a, a bit of a slap to Levy because supposedly he has a habit when presented with transfer targets, or he has done in the past, of going, well, we're not going to quite pay that, but here's this second tier player who's sort of a bit similar, and then dumping him on the manager. And I think Kapu is, is an example of that. I'm, I'm quite certain that Kapu is. is um, is was Baldini's choice, but ultimately Levy sanctions these deals. And Capu was, I mean, we'd heard of him because he was quite a highly talented player, but then he'd sort of fallen off the, that kind of elite grouping of European talent and become a little bit of a, you know, a, a busted to lose, I think it was. And he reeked of just being, well, we need another player, let's get this one. It wasn't a, it wasn't a sign that sort of seemed to fit Villas Burris' style of play at the time. And he was just, it was, yeah, it's, it's kind of that sort of squad fillery. Here's something new because we're Spurs and we like a transfer deal when we can do one kind of thing. And just that, that the sort of the process of, of removing him from the squad as being so protracted, it's got to be a kind of, yeah, a little bit of a, a reference point for Levy going forward, hopefully. It's quite a frustrating one, Kapu, because there have been flashes of promise with him, but. Yeah, he just seems yeah. to be all over the place, though. Really, um, I don't think he can. I think he's like, he's he's technically a really he's got like the, all the sort of defensive attributes you want in that kind of player, but he doesn't play well. <laughs> no, no, it's true. <laughs> That's a, it seems like contradiction in terms. Um, but he um, he is. He's so uh, he's so up and down. Yeah, just well, ridiculously so. Um, and it's it's frustrating, but you know, there you go. Um, <laughs> let's end this let's just end this on your favourite we, we do favourite moment worst moment from quick quick fire quick fire answers Raj favourite and worst Arsenal moments for you 
favourite one is probably that League Cup semi-final. Um, so that was one of the very first times. In fact, maybe it was the very first time in my lifetime that I can remember us beating Arsenal, which is um, quite sad, really, given that I was born in 1992. But it was one that certainly sticks out in my mind. It was probably one while I was a child, but I can't can't quite remember that, to be honest. Um, worst one, I think it was when they won the league at White Hart Lane in the early 2000s, because it was back when my, back when my old man was a season ticket holder. And um, my only barometer of really knowing whether or not Tottenham had won, drawn or lost was how hard he slammed the door when he got home in the evening. Um, and it was a pretty large slam that day. And it was a pretty bad, pretty bad mood for quite a while after that one. Um, and uh, I realised quite quickly that it was not... A... Yeah, did I take it you uh, learnt a few new swear words that day as well then? None that I didn't know already, probably. Um, how about you, sir? Best and worst? Best is probably... Um, actually, they both occur in the same game. I, I, went to the, um, I went to the last... I had a, a, a um, season ticket holding friend, um, supported Arsenal, and, had, um, uh, and I went to the last uh, North London derby at Highbury. And um, when, um, when Robbie Keane scored at the far end, it was like the weirdest but the most wonderful feeling because he just, <laughs> you, it was right at the far end from where I was and you saw Keane sliding across and run to, to our fans. And it was just, it was, he would have put us into the Champions League at the time. And then the worst was in the, in the same game when um, uh, on, uh, Paul Stalteri was fouled brutally. Uh, referee missed it, whoever that was at the, uh, on the day. And um, Henri danced through our defence, flicked it beyond Robinson and equalised, and having to pretend to enjoy that was one of the most painful things I've had to do, because oh. you're surrounded by them, you can't just be, you, you just you, you know what it's like when you're, when you're in another person, in another team's ground in their end, you have, to, um, you have to feign it a little bit, but it was just uh, yeah, a crying inside moment. Probably my favourite, and it's as much for the goal as it was for the commentary and it only seems to be Mr. Flav Bateman of the Fighting Cop that appreciates this as much as I do. Um, was the Danny Rose, the volley against them in our Champions League season. And oh, the Sky Sports commentary of when it's, it's coming out to him and he's like... That was... Uh, yeah, I love it. I saw, I've got that little audio clip and I sometimes listen to it. Was my message. That was an incredible moment. Oh, mate. It was just... I, 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 I would believe it. I was, um, I was at White Hart Lane for that, and I, um, I honestly thought it was Defoe at the time because um, I just couldn't believe that Danny Rose would, um, would do that. Because you're a racist. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We couldn't get through one without, without doing a Cumberbatch, could we? No, not at all, mate. You know, I was right down the other end. I and I just—it was more about what I. Seb, you're supposed you're supposed to save these conversations for that little room you go to that you've got the key to. You know, (laughs) while you're slapping all your mates on the back and you know what have you, talking about world domination and all that kind of thing. Yeah, you're only allowed to go into that room with a double barrel surname. Just, it's one of those things they are. They, they I just got a picture in my head of that stone cutters episode of The Simpsons. <laughs> <laughs> and no one cares, but my worst moment, I think, has got to be 
in our mind the gap season when we were what thirteen points clear and we go two nil up at the Emirates and we're just thinking, fucking hell, we are finally we're the bigger team. We are the bigger team. And then just seeing us completely and utterly crumble, not only in that game, but then just for the rest of the season and seeing those fucking assholes manage to close a 13-point gap on us and just, oh, but just starting at that game, just the elation and just how it turned to just absolute, just, Nothing the archetype was, was uh, Premier League era moment that it was just, just sort of the, the inability to to resist a change of momentum. It was uh, just uh, I was crushed. And I knew, but the thing is, I think all of us pretty much knew after that game we fucked it. it. They're going to yeah. catch us now. It doesn't matter. People were like, "Oh, we're still ten points ahead." No, no one's uh, saying that. If, if, like, you, if, you, yeah, if you support, if you'd supported Spurs for more than five seasons before that moment, if you're older than about fifteen. You knew exactly what was coming next. Because it, just, it's just yeah. that was how it's always been. It really and, uh, rattled yeah. the players, though, that game. It, like, it, it scarred them. And it, it, I don't know, whatever. That's why, I, that's why I don't like Harry Redknapp. That whole era. And he's retired. Well, he's, he's retired today, hasn't he? He has retired. Yeah, he's done. He's done. You know, he's going, quitting management for knee surgery. Sounds like, I don't know, it's a bit, a bit of a funny one, that, isn't it? But um, I'm sure we'll all read about it. We'll, we'll all read about it. We'll all see his big wobbly face. Wobbly face. Yeah. yeah. Sky Sports at some point soon. Hanging out car window. Oh, fucking arsehole. Um, well, that's it. I hope you've enjoyed Rule the Roost this week. Um, let's hope we can enjoy it next week and talk about beating Arsenal. But if you have enjoyed it and you want to listen to any of the previous episodes, they're all on iTunes. They're also at SpursStatman.com. We've got a player and you can select any of the episodes. Um, yeah, do that. Go to SpursStatman.com as well. Uh, Raj, you still looking for someone to help edit the site? Yeah. Yeah, so if, if, you have, yeah, if you have any budding ambitions to get involved in web-based journalism or you know website authoring editing content editing anything like that social media whatever other bollocks you youngsters do nowadays um drop <laughs> drop raj an email or send him a message on twitter because we are genuinely looking for someone it is a great opportunity i haven't sold it very well there but it's a great opportunity to get involved with uh, you know a big website a big thing um so do it basically uh and yeah I don't think there's much more to say than follow us on Twitter at RTRSSM. Follow the boss man, Mr. JP, at Spurs Statman. Um, and come on, you Spurs! What was that? 
boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Mm. 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 Mm